Greetings, and thank you for joining me for quite excellent episode number 24. Today I'll be reading the Paul Blackburn poem, The Yawn. This comes from Poetry 180, edited by Billy Collins. Before I get to this week's poem, we need to discuss our last poem, Occasional Poem, by Jacqueline Woodson. Occasional Poem ended up being a great opportunity to not only have students think about poetry as a medium, which they did, and to think about the things people don't say, which they also did. But it also provided me a chance to have my students think about being students, and to reflect on how they see teachers, which is totally something I didn't expect but am grateful for. Here's the poem. Occasional Poem by Jacqueline Woodson. Miss Marcus says that an occasional poem is a poem written about something important or special that's going to happen or already did. Think of a specific occasion, she says, and write about it. Like what? Lamont asks. He's all slouched down in his seat. I don't feel like writing about no occasion. How about your birthday? Miss Marcus says. What about it? Just a birthday? Comes in June and it ain't June, Lamont says. As a matter of fact, he says, it's January and it's snowing. Then his voice gets real low and he says, and when it's January and all cold like this, feels like June's a long, long ways away. The whole class looks at Miss Marcus. Some of the kids are nodding. Outside, the sky looks like it's made out of metal, and the cold, cold air is rattling the window panes and coming underneath them, too. I seen Lamont's coat. It's gray, and the sleeves are too short. It's down, but it looks like a lot of the feathers fell out a long time ago. Miss Marcus got a nice coat. It's down, too, but real puffy, so maybe when she's inside it, she can't even tell January from June. Then write about January, Miss Marcus says. That's an occasion. But she looks a little bit sad when she says it, like she's sorry she ever brought the whole occasional poem thing up. I was going to write about Mama's funeral, but Lamont and Miss Marcus going back and forth zapped all the ideas from my head. I guess them arguing on a Tuesday in January is an occasion. So I guess this is an occasional poem. I asked students to use the word unsaid in their responses to this poem because despite largely being a poem about a conversation between two people, Miss Marcus and Lamont, there are depths to that conversation that require a close reading to excavate. One place where students successfully dug into the poem was in recognizing that the economic differences between the teacher and student are, are there, but not on the surface. My students pointed to the difference in clothing described. Lamont's coat, with its two short sleeves deflated from long missing feathers, while Miss Marcus enjoys a nice puffy coat that keeps out the January cold easily. These details clued students into the likelihood that Lamont probably comes from a family who's given him his jacket secondhand, or they've had him wear it long past its correct fit while his teacher suffers no such economic burden. 
While this difference was consistently identified, how this informs the meaning of the poem can change dramatically between readings. In my initial reading, I felt like the teacher was somewhat downtrodden, exhausted by trying to get students to complete a task that, to her, seemed simple, and her appearances at the end of looking, quote, a bit sad, like she's sorry she ever brought the whole occasional poem thing up, is the result of her wishing that she had chosen some other activity. This likely comes from being a teacher myself and knowing quite well how it feels when an assignment doesn't land or my instructions fail to lead to the production of work I was expecting. That kind of failure exhausts and makes you wish that maybe you just, you know, hadn't. My reading, then, is somewhat ironic because the teacher feels like she has it rough, but totally misses that her students may have it more difficult as part of their daily economic status, their daily economic struggle. And I can relate to this, too. Sometimes it is hard to recognize the complexity and challenges in the lives of your students. I try, but I do not always succeed. My students had a very different reading than this for the most part. Instead, my students see Miss Marcus' sadness and apparent wish to have not brought the assignment up as a sign of the teacher's empathy, because she recognizes now the difficulty of Lamont's economic circumstances and how far off a warm summer birthday really feels for him. She wishes that she had not given the student an assignment that causes him to think about his own pain. Maybe doesn't cause any of the students to think about their own pain. I adore this reading and much prefer it to my own. I think the text supports this well, but that isn't the reason I like it. I think this says something about the kinds of teachers my students hopefully have in their lives. I read this from the perspective of my own familiar failures and short-sightedness, but my students may have read the same lines from a perspective that relied on a history of supported, empathetic teachers. I do so hope this is the case. The last major component of my students' reads relied on the final lines of the poem, where the speaker states that they had intended to write about the passing of their mother, but would instead write about the very poem that we, the reader, have just read. This is one of the most open-ended parts of the poem, I feel. In my reading, the speaker had already decided on a significant occasion to write on, but the distractions of the class robbed them of their ability to focus on this recent tragedy. So they wrote about something less important, with a bit of a disappointing shrug. A few students had a similar read as me, with one cogently concluding that the poem shows, quote, that no matter how strong the emotion, it could disappear in just moments due to an insignificant distraction. Most of my students, however, more intimately occupied the speaker's point of view than I did, with a few seeing this choice as more deliberate, as though the speaker is choosing not to put more sadness into the room. Now, our next poem is The Yawn by Paul Blackburn. Our last poem was a lovely narrative within a story that was pretty straightforward with a rewarding depth for readers who looked closely, and I wanted to choose another poem that does this. In fact, the narrative in this poem is even more simple, not even really having a conflict. Without a conflict, with its protagonists and antagonists, it might be harder for students to identify meaning, those theme statements 
we try to work on so much. But it is important to remember that we can make meaning by attempting to make even simple observations that feel true about concepts like fear, simplicity, danger, beauty, and so much more. I look forward to seeing my students attempt this, but I'm going to try to get them to flex their interpretive muscles just a bit more, because the word I want them to use is structure. The yawn has a peculiar layout with significant indents throughout. I want my students to think about how these changing indentations, this structure, might help create meaning. Here's the poem. The Yawn by Paul Blackburn The black-haired girl with the big, brown eyes on the Queen's train coming into work so opens her mouth, so beautifully wide in a, in a yawn that two stops after she has left the train I have only to think of her and I <sighs> Wow Students, be sure to use the word structure in any form within your response and keep using the speaker and the forward slash symbol wherever it is necessary. Remember to complete your paragraph length response by Wednesday, May 6th and to reply to the responses of your peers by the Friday that ends the week. If you enjoy this podcast, have suggestions, or would like me to direct an eye toward a particular poem or poetic device, leave a comment on lightenteachers.com. The content of this podcast is used as a companion to class instructional activities and ownership of these texts remain with their stated authors. Thank you for joining me for episode 24 of this podcast. I hope that between now and the next time you hear from me, you discover and savor a few things that you yourself find quite excellent.